Hello everyone, welcome to Perennial Single Bitch. I am your host, Andrea. Uh, it's so funny, I was just listening to one of my old podcasts. You know, the weirdest things to do is to listen to your own voice. It's, 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 it's horrible, it's so horrible. And I was just listening to an old podcast and I'm like, I sound like a man. Like I sound like a really depressed, slow talking. Like I would not meet that. If I was talking to someone on the phone and they asked me to meet for coffee, I'd be like, there's no fucking way I'm meeting that guy for coffee. Like that person sounds terrible. But I just had to say that. Anyways, um, so today's topic, uh, you know how you come across all of these articles, these dating articles. Like I feel like there are millions of them and it's always like five tips to do this, seven tips to do that, how to score that guy, how to get, how to online date and be successful. Like, you know, all that shit. And, and that's precisely like, if you listen to my podcast, you know that the way that I ended up talking about this is that I was on a, a national talk show called the Stephen and Chris show. And I would come on all the time and talk about dating life and the funny things that happen or how to deal with this. And what we were doing was, um, constructing our own lists by looking at all the lists that we're dealing with one particular subject matter and then creating our own list out of that, like the points that we liked from this person, that person, whoever. So I came across this list and it's uh, it's written by this woman. Her name is Andrea Wesley. And I didn't just choose her because her first name is awesome. But um, I just like some of the points. I didn't agree with all of the points, but I liked the way the thought process that she went through to talk about these, these points and also the subject matter. And the subject matter is modern dating because you know, things have changed. Modern dating, first of all, makes you sound old when you say modern dating. It's like mod oh, back in the good old days, modern dating, like things definitely have changed in the dating world. I know if you're a millennial, um, online dating is all, you know, like for example, uh, I know a 15 year old boy who's had two girlfriends and dating, he, he met them online. He no longer, he's never dated a girl that he's gone to school with, even though he spends the majority of his time and the majority of his life right now has been spent in school. He meets online on Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm just like, what? Like, what the hell are you telling me? It's so crazy. So for one part of the population, this is all they know. But for a lot of us, it's still new, especially if you just got out of a long-term relationship and maybe before you you got into that relationship with that person, dating was still done the good old fashioned way, like through a setup of a friend or you, somebody stopped you in a grocery store, you met them in college, you met them in high school. And now it's a different ball game because now you can still kind of meet people that way. But the majority of people, like it's a billion dollar industry, online dating, billion dollar industry. In, and the, the most popular places are like big cities like New York and Chicago, where there are hundreds of thousands of people walking around all the time and people are still on their computer, on their smartphone in order to meet someone to go for coffee. I think it's a little bit crazy, but that being said, it has also changed the way that we think and the way that we date and what we're willing to settle, what we're willing to settle for. Because now when you meet somebody, you could be sitting on it and having a great time with somebody. They could go to the bathroom and you can, and I've heard this happen. I'm not saying that I've done this, but you can also just go back on your online dating site and check and see who else has responded to you. And maybe even if you're lucky and if you're slick, set up another date while you're on a date. Like you couldn't do that before. You have to do a lot of planning in order for you to do that before. Now you can pretty much be doing that while you sit in front of somebody that you're on a date with. So I wanted to talk about uh, Andrea Wesley's uh, list. Now, 
Uh, she pretty much starts off just saying it's, you know, it's not news that the dating scene has changed in a big way. Modern romance is like, it is a shitstorm. Um, it's even more of a shitstorm than it was before. And online dating seems to be taking the brunt of that blame. Um, and online dating, according to her, has also caused people to be more commitment phobic. I don't think you can blame online dating for that. Commitment phobes existed way before Match.com and Lava Life and all that stuff. But and random hookups. Again, random hookups. Random hookups were happening in the 60s and 70s. That was way before online dating. But I think online dating has given people another avenue. It's made it a little bit easier is probably what she's trying to say, or I think she's trying to say. Anyway, so she makes, there's seven points to this of what you should do and how you should go about dating now with the onset of all of online dating and all these other issues that come up because of online dating in the new dating world. Because And I, and I truly do feel this, this, the way dating is set up right now, it's for men. Like the men are winning, like they are winning and not even, I'm not even going to blame online dating. Even look at the show, the bachelor. I know there's a bachelorette, but the initial show was a bachelor. The one that I think most people pay attention to is the bachelor. The one you always hear about is the bachelor. And the idea I've always been totally sickened by the premise of this show that you have 25 reasonably intelligent, good-looking young women in a house squabbling with each other and competing for the heart of one man so that he can, on bended knee, ask you over on some cliff that you should jump off of if you ever find yourself in that fucking situation um, to marry him. And I'm like, who, like, you're going to sit there in a a courtyard and, and wait for this guy to finish making out with with three other women before he comes in and takes you on a date. Oh my God. Like, Oh, it's so disgusting. Anyways, (laughs) I don't even, I can't even remember my point. I'm so like, you tell how much I don't like that show. But I think when we, when, and you know what, we also have, we, and I want to say we, I mean, women, we are kind of to blame for some of the things that we're going through because we also let it happen. We're the ones who enjoy watching this show. It's not men. Try to get a heterosexual man to sit down. I'm sure there's a few of them out there, but the average dude does not want to sit down and watch this show and watch this guy hand out roses. He may want to be the guy who's in the show who gets to make out with 25 girls, but I guarantee you he doesn't want to sit down and watch that. Um, So anyway, so let's just go through the points because I don't want to start blaming women, but I just think that we have, we do play a part in some of the things that are going on uh, in the dating world right now. Okay. So the first point is, uh, ghosting. If you don't know what this term is, it means, uh, it's kind of pretty much like you're dating someone, you're seeing them, you've gone on a couple of dates, you've had a good time, maybe you've even had sex. And then for some reason that will never be explained to you, the person just disappears. They've maybe blocked you on all your social, on all the social media sites and they've not explained to you why they're not calling you back or why they don't want to see you ghosting. I, before I even comment on this, have to admit, cause I don't want anybody calling me out. I have done this. I have done this. And they, and she's Andrea, the, the author of this, of this list says that, you know, this is something that's new. I, I don't think this is new. This is not modern dating stuff that happens. This is stuff that happens for people who don't like confrontation, people who don't want to tell the person who they just ghosted why they've ghosted them. And I know what she's looking for. She's complaining about this because she's looking for it. And guys and girls, you know, this word closure, 
Ghosting only bothers people because it doesn't leave you any closure. The person who you were crushing on and went on a couple dates with um, did not explain to you, did not sit down and explain to you, like when you get fired from a job, the way your boss will sit down and explain to you why they are firing you. She's asking for that same thing. And ghosting doesn't, it, it robs a person of that opportunity to sit down and have that conversation. And I look at it the other way, only because I'm a ghoster, like I've done this, um, sometimes you don't want to have that conversation because it's too awkward to have that conversation. Like seriously, like what am I supposed to tell you? Oh, I thought you were really cool, but then I noticed the more I hung out with you that you have 10 different emotions in an hour. Your house is nasty. Um, <laughs> and I realized when I look at you, the more I look at you, the more I don't you, don't, you don't look that attractive to me. Or the more I get to know you and see what your spirit is, I'm not really into it and you're rubbing me the wrong way. And I don't want to have this discussion because we haven't, we're, we don't have anything really like, we don't have a house together. We don't have children together. I don't really have to explain all of this to you. So I know she's against it, but I know why she's what she's looking for. She's looking for closure. And I think sometimes you just got to accept the fact that you're not always going to get it. And stop begging some somebody for something that they don't want to give you. Just move on. Maybe that person was doing you a bloody favor and just move on. I know it's a, it's not a nice thing to do. And especially when it happens to you, you're like, what happened? Like, it hasn't happened to me, but I'm sure I would be like totally fucked up. Like, what? Like, you're just going to stop calling? Um, if anything, it's been the opposite where it's like, I wish this fool would just get the hint and stop calling. I'm not answering my phone. Like, come on. But maybe I'm the asshole in the relationship. So maybe that's why I didn't. Um, necessarily see eye to eye with her point. But yeah, ghosting. For people who didn't know what it is, that's what it is. And she says it's a bad thing to do. You should always talk to someone. I will end it by saying, I think that when you have a real serious relationship with somebody, and you know what I'm talking about, like you've met each other's friends, you really do, you have spent a considerable amount of time, which could be months and of course years, that you do owe that person at least a conversation. Maybe you don't want to tell them every single reason why you're not liking them anymore or want to break up but you do owe them that conversation because i know this from all of my female friends if you don't give her that conversation she will hunt you down until you have that conversation with her so you can do it now or you can wait to you know accidentally bump into her at a party where she is most definitely going to bring it up and turn it into a scene i'm just saying um so just know that um and I don't know, you know what, I'd love to hear from the guys. Like, what do, how do guys feel when they get ghosted? Especially because men end up spending so much money on dates, right? They end up spending money on, like, paying for dinners and drinks. And then all of a sudden, this girl just decides that she just, she just doesn't want to, like, she just doesn't want to call you back. She's just not returning your phone calls. Men can get ghosted as well. I don't even think about that. It's not, this is, this is good information. Anyway, so number two. Dating multiple women and expecting us to be okay with it. Um, she's saying this is this is wrong. Life isn't an episode of The Bachelor. But as I just ranted about that before, well, how are we to expect men to not think that way when we all watch that show and we all think it's... And then if you watch something long enough and often enough, you will think that it's okay. Um, and then there's another part of me that doesn't agree with this because... When you first meet someone, like we're talking about early stage dating here, right? I don't think you should ever assume when you meet someone that they are not seeing anybody. 
if you find them attractive, somebody else finds them attractive. If you're like, especially in the first couple of weeks, if you think that you're going to date me and in the first couple of weeks, I'm going to cut off all the other conversations and all the other people who I might be seeing or dating immediately. I think you're a little, you're being unrealistic. So to expect men to do that is unreal, totally unrealistic. I think in the beginning, people, they always tell you, don't put all your eggs in one basket, meaning don't set your sights on this person after seeing them for two weeks and cut off everybody in your life. You don't know what the long-term situation is. You don't even know how they see you. You're probably not even in a place to have a conversation with them. Um, sorry, that was my cell phone. <laughs> to, and not a place to have a conversation with them about where things are going or how serious they want to be. And like, it, I'm sure there's the rare occasion where that happens in the first two weeks, but I don't think if you're in the first couple of weeks of dating that you should expect somebody to not see anybody else. So dating multiple women and expecting us to be okay with it. Well, yeah, I think it, to a, to a point you do have to be okay with it. You cannot meet somebody and on a second date, expect them to be completely monogamous with you. This is called dating. This is why men are better at it than we are. And I, I, I yeah, I, you know what? You may hate me for saying that, but it's true. We tend to meet a guy, think that he is the one, and and throw all of our eggs into that one basket. Where guys will be like, they'll meet a girl, and sometimes they do that, but for the most part, they always keep, they still are seeing other people because they're not quite sure what's going to go on or who's going to be the person. And maybe, anyways. So I just thought that was a little bit, I don't know, it was a little old fashioned. It's a little 1950s for me. It's a little like back in the days when. You know, when you dated a girl, you came and you asked her parents for permission to take her on a date and everything was about ending in marriage. I think that idea that she has, and it's a nice idea, but it's not realistic. Not in today's age. Things have changed so much that you can't expect the average person to be thinking that way. You can't expect a man to be successful and tall and good looking and outgoing and have hobbies and a life and a good relationship with his family and just be not talking to any other woman except for you and you've just met him. Like that could happen, but you got to be a little bit more realistic. All right. So number three, she says, um, late night texting and calling. Now this is a part that got me. She says, a lot of women think it's totally cool when the new guy they're dating starts calling them after 10 PM. Who is this bitch? (laughs) Who's that girl? I don't know who that girl is. Everybody knows what a booty call is, right? Right. Everybody knows what a booty call is. Everybody knows that if you're getting a phone call, after you can make a dinner reservation or go to eat or it's just late. This is the time where most people are getting into their pajamas that you know what it is. Especially if the person is calling to say, they're not calling to say, come meet me here. We're having a great time and I want you to come. If the person's like, yeah, so you know, so you know, the, you know the voice, you know how it is. So, uh, so what you doing? What you wearing? Everybody knows that conversation. That's a booty call. I don't know what woman she thinks is okay with this. Like, um, or maybe... Maybe she's referring to the woman who is okay with it because sometimes you just need to get, you know, break a little something off, get a little, you got an itch and you need it scratched. And in that case, well, then she should com- be completely fine. But to say that, you know, some women are okay with this and they think it's great. Um, I don't think so. I think most people know what a booty call is. And if you really, there's nothing more heartbreaking than really liking a guy, but he only wants to call you after 11 o'clock at night and talk to you in that bedroom voice and want to come over to your house. Because then you know how he sees you. You know how he sees you. He's not seeing you as a person he wants to make plans with when the sun is up. He's a person who he only wants to reach out for when he's laying in his bed and his dick is hard and he's looking for someone to help him fix that problem. So I don't know about every woman being okay with that. Um, And if you don't 
recognize that, well, whew, thank God I'm doing this podcast. Because <laughs> it's like, that to me isn't obvious. I don't think a lot of women love that. Um, if a guy's not trying to take you out and court you, well, guess what? Like, I think men seriously see women in two categories when they meet them, long-term and short-term. And you will know this by a, a woman, as a woman, I think you should be aware of this and, and know the signs. If you're only being, in, being called late at night and he only wants to come over to, to your house and talk to you about like what you're wearing and what's your favorite position, well, you, uh, you should, it doesn't take a genius. You should know that he's probably just seeing you as a short-term fun time Sally. And he is not interested in you meeting his friends, family, taking you out, making plans. Then you're short-term. If he is doing all of those things, well, then you know that he sees you as a long-term. But, you know, to say that women are okay, like oh, most women are fine with this. Um, yeah, the girl who wants a little something on the side too. But anyways, so number four, being too busy to respond or plan a date. Everyone is busy, but let's be real. No one is that busy that they can't spare 30 seconds to send you a nice response in a text. I completely agree with her. Oh my gosh. I, uh, when I hear the word busy, to me, it registers as, uh, you're blowing me off. You have no interest in me. And I'll tell you why. Uh, many years ago, I hung out with this guy and he was always, he was a real, ladies man he always had a bunch of women on the side but I was just his friend so I got a chance to see the way he would talk to these women on the phone and the number one word he would always use to blow a girl off not that he didn't like her not that she wasn't attractive not that she didn't have things going for her but that he she just wasn't at the top of his list of women that he wanted to spend time with so the word he would always use to blow her off but not to hurt her feelings was the word busy yeah I'm gonna be really busy this weekend and all next week and he would be doing shit. He'd be doing nothing. I was there. He would be doing absolutely nothing. But he used that word as his word to get out of it because it's very difficult for a person to argue with you when you say you're busy, right? Because everybody, you have a life. You have a job. You may have, you know, two jobs. You may have friends. You could have a bunch of things going on. Busy is a nice way of just kind of encompassing all of those things and being like, yeah, I don't really have the time. I'm busy. And, uh, since that time, anytime I've ever heard a man say that he was busy, if it was ever an excuse for him, it always, it always reminded me of my friend. I'm like, oh, you're blowing me off. I'm not that special. I'm not, I'm not at the top of your, of your list of people you want to hang out with. Um, I'm the person that you want to see perhaps when you're bored or when the person who you really want to see is busy and they don't want to see you, that's when I'll get a phone call. So the word busy, and I also say, I've, and I've said to women and guys, I'm like, think about it. You know many people who are running Fortune 500 companies um, and they're married and they have children? They made time for that. You can't have those things without devoting some time. They may not be great at their time management, but you have to invest some time. So if they can do that, well, honey, you can, you, you can have, you have, there's time. And I actually dated a guy who had a job where he was extremely busy and I, I, I know the type of job that he has. So if he used that word, I wouldn't have been too surprised, but it was very interesting. He had a very high stressed 24 hour job and he always called me all the time. Every day I got some correspondence, whether it was text or phone or making plans for when he was back in the city, I was always made a priority. And it was one of those things where I was like, I felt really special because I'm like, I know that you are legitimately busy 
but I know that you, I'm at the top of your list because you always make time every day. I heard from him every single day. So that word busy, keep an eye on that one. That is a, a number one excuse for him to get out of actually having to see you. And it's also something really hard to argue because if you argue with a man, it's like, are you really that busy? Then he's going to start, you know, saying, listen, I got, I have businesses and I have priorities and I got to do this and I don't need you telling me that I'm too big. So it's a hard thing to argue because men are really good at being defensive. Anybody who's argued with one knows what I'm talking about when it comes to defending whether they're busy or not. You can't really argue. You just got to take it as it is. But just know you're being blown off. Um, Number. I want to make sure. Yeah. Number five, the Netflix and chill bullshit is what she calls it. This is not a date. This is what you do with someone you're totally exclusive with or have been together with for months. Netflix and chill. I love these new terminologies. Like this is not something new, but this terminology is new. Um, I think it's hilarious. Netflix and chill. What I call Netflix and chill is house dating. You want to house date my ass. You just want to come over, sit on the couch or in the bed and say that we're going to watch a movie. Adults, everybody knows (laughs) you ain't there to watch no damn movie. (laughs) You are there. To like pretend you're going to watch a movie and then it starts and then the making out starts and then you go into second base and all of a sudden now the movie is watching you. So she does have a valid point. I think if you're in a long-term relationship and you guys have, like you have a busy life and you do, you've gone on dates, you do go to the theater, but you've just decided tonight you don't want to do anything fancy. You just want to sit down and Netflix and chill. There's, it, it, feel, it really does have a legitimate, legitimate meaning. But if you're single and you just starting to see some guy and he brings up Netflix and chill, like on the first, second, third, fourth date, he already wants to Netflix and chill. What he's saying is, I'm trying to make you comfortable by saying Netflix and chill. But what I really want you to do is come over in some easy access clothing and, you know, lay on the couch with me. And then hopefully we'll end up making out that will hopefully turn to sex. So she does make a point with the Netflix and chill. It is, I feel like it's a total excuse. Uh, to get somebody to come to your house so you guys can start, you know, making out on the couch and stuff. And if you should know this, you should know this. This is something that I learned. Uh, I remember I was very young, maybe like 18, 17, 18. And a guy invited me to do that. And I, like an idiot, went there. And then as soon as I got there, I'm like, oh, you don't, we're not watching. You didn't invite me here to watch this. You invited me here. Oh, and I quickly got out of that situation. Um, and he was not, none's too happy about it, but it was a lesson that I, a quick lesson that I learned. Um, it's like, mm, someone's not willing to take you out or at least meet you for a coffee or do something before we're Netflix and chill. We're going straight to Netflix and chill. And also she makes a great point. She's like, you also can set the precedent for the way your relationship will be in the beginning. So if this guy knows that in order to see you and date you and have sex with you, that he doesn't have to spend any time, money, or effort. He just has to be a subscriber of Netflix. And he doesn't even have to be that. He could be using somebody else's <laughs> password to get in. That he's, you're not really a woman of much value. Like he can just get you to come over to the house. You'll eat whatever he eats or eat the pizza that he would have eaten by himself. And then he'll, she'll share it with you. And then you'll just sit down and watch movies. If this is not your idea of courting, don't sign up for that shit. Don't do it. And that's uh that she makes that point. That's a really valid point. Um, number six. All right, here we go. Andrea and I are not going to see eye to eye on this one either. Keeping options open when you've got something good 
going. If you're having a great time with someone, why would you look elsewhere? Why is it okay for the guy to continue using Tinder and chatting up new potential interests if you're certain you want to continue just exploring just him? Well, this is a very interesting point. This is where the modern dating and online dating has made things a little bit more, a little bit easier for a person who likes a lot of different options. Because now you can literally sit on on a date, have your smartphone out and be across the table from someone and be looking for other dates while that person is in front of you or while they've gone to the bathroom. If you are that rude, you can do that. People have done this. Um, But then at the same time, what she's saying also, I just think if we're talking early stage dating in the first month, two months, three months, I, or like, I think it's a little bit, a little bit much to expect somebody to just clear their entire roster of people just for you. Maybe that person isn't quite sure about you and they need to get to know you. And if, if you're sure on the woman's side, meaning like you feel sure about him, um, you can't chastise him for not clearing his, his, his deck for you. Maybe he's not feeling you that way. You just have to, you have to deal with that or you have that conversation. We've all had that conversation. It starts a little something like this. I think we need to talk. Yeah, I think we need to talk. So what are we doing here? Where is this going? Because I like you, a friend of mine actually just had this conversation with a girl. He is dating her for a few months. They made out, they did a little something. And then she finally got to a point where she was just like, okay, I've dated you long enough. I know that I like you, but I don't see you saying anything or committing to me. So I need to know where things are going. It was awkward for him, but then she was right to do so because he was just, you know, hanging out with her to pass some time. He was not interested in making her his girlfriend. It was nice enough, but he wasn't at all interested. And because I'm his friend, I know the girl that he really wants. Um, so she was just wasting that girl's time. So it's not fair to tell someone to not, to, to not see anybody else. Maybe they're not quite sure how they feel about you. And if it's up to you, I think, to open your mouth and say, listen, this is how I'm feeling. I don't know how you're feeling. I don't want to like, I'm, especially if you know you're looking for a long-term relationship and just say it. I think sometimes we don't say what we want to say because we're so afraid of the answer. Because when you bring it up, well, then you have to be prepared for him to say, well, actually, sugar, um, I like you, but I don't like you like that. And that can be really like your ego is going to take a kick. It's going to, it's a blow to your ego for someone to, to say that to you. But I say always in the moment, if you're thinking it, say it. Someone gave me that advice many, many moons ago, and it was the best advice. Um, if you're thinking it, say it. If you're sitting on a date with somebody and you on date, you know, whatever date you number you feel is the time that you want to bring it up. Cause there's no, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule as to when you can bring it up. It's when it's in your spirit. It's when it's on your mind and it's at the tip of your tongue, but you're afraid to say it for whatever reason, say it, put it out there on the table, the person, then you leave it up to them. Cause I'd say, do you want to continue wasting your time with somebody who doesn't see you the way you see them? Of course not. It's a waste of everybody's time. And everybody dates different people for different reasons. You could be someone's rebound. You could be the love of their life. You could be one of many people that they really like. They like certain things about you, but they don't like everything about you. So they're dating you because, you know, you are great at conversation. You are fun and exciting. 
Um, you introduce them to a new world, but they don't see you as their mate. They see you as a date. And people are allowed to do that. I'm sorry. People are allowed to do that. I know men feel like they have to apologize for that uh, a lot of the times. And I'm like, no, not every date is a mate. It's okay for you to see a few other people in the beginning. I think you should be honest about it. That's the issue. You should be completely transparent about what you're doing and and letting the person know, I see other people. I want to do this with you, but I need to check in with you and see if you're okay with that. I think the bigger problem we have is that, well, the bigger problem I have anyway, is that most people want to do those things, but they don't want to be honest. I don't care if you want to see other people. You could, but you need to tell me that. We need to have that discussion. I need to ask or you need to tell. Either way, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Wow. Um everybody and their mother's trying to reach me as I do my podcast. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell I'm like I can't afford to turn my phone off, but yeah. Anyway, so we're just wrapping things up. Um so point number uh point number 7 is accepting less than you deserve. You know what you want, so stop accepting less and start calling things out that upset you or walk away from things that you don't like. We have a choice about whether we want to allow these shitty behaviors to continue or whether we want to stand up for them and let them be known that they're not acceptable. Uh, I love her last point, because that's what all of this dating stuff, I don't think it should matter if online dating is happening now or if it never existed. Um, It's about loving yourself and having a standard and sticking to it. It is not your job to bend to every single person you meet to their needs um, because you'll be bending in every which direction and taking it up the ass. You need to know what you want, where you're going, how you feel, and not be afraid to say so. Don't be afraid if somebody doesn't like you. It's not the end of the world. There is somebody else who will think that you're the greatest thing in the entire world. Bending over to pretending to be someone that you're not so someone will like you is a very dangerous thing to do. You can't keep that act up. Um, When you harbor all of those feelings, you will explode. You are a volcano. You are a volcano. Either you've done it or someone's done it to you where you're just all of a sudden you have something very small will happen and this person will go off and freak out and you're thinking to yourself, where the hell is all this anger coming from? That is from a person who has not spoken up about how they feel in a situation. It's okay. It's not going to ruin the entire day. And if it does, and that person's that's hypersensitive and they don't think that you should be able to voice your opinion, get rid of them. Like, get out of here. You're a human being just like they are. If you feel a certain way you want to say something, say something. If you don't want Netflix and chill, tell them. I'll say, I'm not that Netflix and chill girl. I need, I need dinner. I need a movie. I need to go for a walk. Let's go for a bike ride. I'm not into that. It doesn't do anything for me. Maybe down the road. But right now, I don't feel like I know you well enough for us to be Netflix and chilling. Say it. I think women, sometimes we're so afraid to say how we feel because we're so afraid to offend. And if we offend the guy, then he won't like us. Trust me, if you're thinking that way, it doesn't do you any favors. And then remember, you could also be one of 10 women that he's dating. And I know you feel like you're on an episode of The Bachelor and you're competing with You know, all these girls that you can't see trying to be the winner and the one who ends up with the rose in the ring. But at the end of the day, don't you want to get there by being yourself? Don't you want to get there by being yourself and saying how you feel and really meaning it so this person is 100% aware of who you are and they respect that? It's just, you know, it's a crazy idea, but I'm just, 
I'm just putting it out there. So that is my podcast for today. Thanks for listening um, to me rant and rave. And I'd also like to thank Andrea Wesley for writing that awesome article. I will continue to look for interesting articles that have great points and dissect them and go over and have this conversation. Uh, and don't worry, I am going to t- eventually like talk to people on this podcast. So don't worry about that. But if you want to reach out to me, um, you can hit me up on my Twitter, Andrea M. Bain. You can hit me up on my Instagram. It's Miss Bain to you. Or you can email me at uh, perennial.single.biatch at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and have a good one. Bye.